0: As a young man, in my uh, early social uh, encounters, I was always screwed up by not knowing what to say and felt a failure because I could somehow, I, I couldn't easily join in talk. And it was a highly significant moment when In the the school where I learnt the practice of meditation in my twenties, we were offered the advice, when you don't know what to say, don't say anything. And I remember at a party, um, going through my usual embarrassment of not really knowing what to say, surrounded by people that seemed to be able to pour out conversation without a second thought, remembering this and sort of stepping back and with my back to the wall (laughs) and just not saying anything and the newfound confidence that flowed into me and actually the evening went very well. Some people must have approached me, I don't remember exactly but somehow I've never forgotten that. And uh, time and again, I, I notice when people come together, like we've all come together, we didn't know each other until a few hours ago, we tend to sort of explode into talk. And a lot of it is really fairly mechanical, robotic, just reaction and actions, isn't it? And quite a bit of it is throughout through. It's not really natural, is it? It's a bit sort of forced very often and I'd like to just give you the confidence or offer you my confidence that when you've nothing to say or you don't know what to say, say nothing. It's very comforting, you know. And often it's a great relief to those around you. And as I've I've, uh, gone through life, of course, this stopping talking—I um, won't put it as a as an emphatic stop talking. This um, realizing there's no need to talk—puts it in a gentler way, doesn't it? Um, has developed into. It makes it easier to approach this whole. G- great opening up of discovering the significance of stillness, of quietness. Now obviously just sitting here now, it's, you hardly even need to indicate it's so obvious, isn't it? We're sitting in stillness. And this stillness is the threshold to spirit and realization of the oneness that really embraces all our difference and is really why we've all come together. We can even take a further step and call it the presence of God. And our human situation is so simply that we've turned away from that and so we forget it, we don't realise it and hence arise all the problems of the world so you see how this simple little action of not being so quite so eager to jump into talk is a very important first step in spiritual work i don't say stop talking but just don't talk unless you have to I and mean, when you don't need to talk, just be. It's okay not to. You're not a failure. Not really. Other people may say, why don't you say something like my elder sister used to get That's so irritated them. with me when I was just Why can't you say anything? Be normal she say. <laughs> and of course I didn't have the confidence then that I do now. Oh, um, now I can just smile at her. <laughs> but uh, There you are. I I offer you that encouragement. She's always been my big sister. I'm still her little brother. Anyway, dear, that's all I'm going to say to you today. So now, if you prompt me with something else, then uh, something might develop. So uh, conditioned are we to think that communication equals words. You and I are looking at each other now, aren't we? What are our eyes doing? What's the whole body language of our faces doing? The attention we're giving each other? How do we talk to the trees? Or to our dog? Perhaps uh, those of you who are drawn to a meeting like this are looking for something else. Let's, that word communication, what is it? Union, communion, union is the oneness, isn't it? That's what it's about, communication. It is sharing the oneness. And and. Uh, eh, Those that are not readily familiar with the instant oneness of uh, of just being still in this all-embracing oneness that we can refer to as stillness or presence. And uh, most people, I'm afraid, are not used to that. They're not accustomed to it. They're not brought up to it. Um, So they, feeling that absence, that loneliness, that emptiness, that uh, something missing, of course they fill it up with talk. And of course because you say that thing and I say that, someone else says that, so you get difference, so you get division and the whole Pandora's box of separation comes into existence. Um, Well, that is the world we live in. And uh, that's why those of us that that choose to choose to follow that perhaps what we could call deeper instinct that draws us to the quietness often find ourselves at variance with with our friends and family. Why can't you just be normal? as my big sister used to say to me <laughs> of course when you're young you don't have an answer do you? You, you you just feel embarrassed and yet you're divided both ways well I'm afraid the, uh, this is the nature of spiritual work that we do feel divided until we reach the, the point where we are able to contain the whole world within oneness and come to peace we may need a whole lifetime of, of struggle, mm. of interior struggle, it is a war, mm-hmm. a spiritual warfare with the world, the world, the flesh, which is this, and the devil, the ego, the me, the separate me within oneself, that wants to be somebody, that wants to, wants to make a, an appearance, wants to establish my, my separate importance, mm-hmm. my validity as a, as a separate person. John Butler in other words. Mm-hmm. Yes, with nature where you don't have this this aggressive feedback <laughs> and things are natural it's so much easier isn't it I was a farmer I know all about this <laughs> how much easier it was to escape to the fields and my animals I still do I like to go there well we all ask that question my dear how do how do you overcome it I, I didn't I just suffered it. I didn't know what to do and it was awful. Went on for years. But then something changed in life. I found I, I was I found a I was in my uh, late 40s, early 50s, and uh, surprise, surprise, I found I was invited to go and do a course in at university as what they called a mature student, and I got interested in that, and I think I just forgot to be depressed, so it sort of passed away. But I don't think, but I never found an answer to it. My poor mother, she also suffered with depression for years, and. And nothing could help her, all the pills and things she took. And then I remember one day her telling us, I woke up and I was no longer depressed. You know, there's an old saying about the weather. If you don't like the weather, just wait a bit. Would you say, would you, say you kind of reach the rock bottom or, mm-hmm. or something? Well, just, just hang on, my dear. Hang on, hang on to whatever you can hang on to whatever little things do, mean anything to
1: you?
0: It's it's, uh, it's not unusual. I've got no clever answer. I mean, it's all all right, I can say, well, it's all part of this unreal ego, ha-ha, but but, uh, (laughs) when you're in it, you're in it, aren't you? Reassurance. From a man who's yes. also suffered. You. <laughs> yeah. you know, there was another occasion at when, during my period of depression. I uh, I used to keep bees, and I went to a. You can probably guess I wasn't the sort of man who used to go to meetings, but I was that desperate. I did go to a a beekeeper's sort of gathering. And someone said to me, quite out of the blue, must have seen my glum face, Jesus loves you like no other. And um, at that time I didn't really consider myself a a Jesus man but uh, that was quite a statement to make out of the blue. Now whatever you may think about religion and whatever Jesus may or may not mean to you it's worth bearing in mind. I think there's another thing I remember that, uh, that depression taught me was that you, you can't rely on anybody. It's no good looking to man for solutions. I was a bit surprised myself that... Some time ago I think we made a video called The Hidden Blessings of Depression. Mm -hmm. I can see it looking back now. At the time of course I couldn't. But when nothing can help you, you turn to... Well of course now I call it the present, That which is. Solitude. God help me. And where is God? It's always here and now, isn't it? How can we be closer to God than here and now? And the stillness expands, doesn't it? And becomes the everlasting arms. Mm. The love knows no limit. Well, there, it's all, yes, I, it may well be very confusing. Well, you see, I'm learning just like you I'm just a little boy at school, <laughs> learning lessons every day and and so hopefully our understanding develops all the time. and what we wrote twenty years ago or longer, uh, we may not phrase it in quite the same way as we would today but but um <coughs> What gives me the cue to answering your question is the word contempt. Now then a <clears throat> few moments ago we 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 were all just came together in that lovely presence, didn't we? The everlasting arms. Now in that there is not one glimmer of unkindness or rejection of anything. The very word contempt is something that cannot, that has no place there. Hmm? Nothing unkind in truth exists. And what is not loved and what is not accepted, every hair of our heads, as the saying goes, warts and all. both those warts on our bodies that we seek to hide, <laughs> wish weren't there, and even worse, the warts in our mind, the impurities of the mind. You see, what happens? The sun rises and all darknesses flees, doesn't it? The darkness flees away. So does all the shadows of this world, all the rejection, all the unpleasantness of this world, It just disappears like mist before the sun. There's nothing but goodness. Now, look, the very room is containing us all. The space of this room is containing us. The room doesn't say, oh, I don't want you in the house. Hmm? Oh, you're not a nice person, I won't have you. The dear, kind room is holding us in its walls, isn't it? Outside is the, is the spring morning, it accepts us totally, so step by step by step we expand into the infinite and there's no question there is there, no doubt. Oh yes, the mortal flesh. Look, we're all all in various stages of decay. (laughs) (coughs) Some nearer the grave than others. (laughs) So what? The worms must live, mustn't they? It's all okay. The soil is out there. Receiving last year's life. Recycling it, producing new growth, it's all going on. So, there's a passage in the Bible, isn't it? Mortality is swallowed up by immortality. Corruption by incorruption, that's right. It's all here and now. You don't even have to believe it because it's just simple experience, isn't it? I better stop talking because I've told you to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) But you see how talking, (coughs) it distracts us, doesn't it, to say the least. talking, he almost immediately pulls in something that isn't actually present from somewhere else and so we we lose this sense, this immediacy of presence, although of course in the big picture all the chatter in the world is contained within the the greater peace. At a later stage we, we may just begin to get a bit bored with my own voice. And That's probably a, a, a sort of stage two. <laughs> why do you think people come to see me? I, I keep saying to Phil, "Why do people come?" <laughs> Is it because I've learnt to be quiet? <laughs> I have nothing to say. I told you that if you didn't ask me questions, I'd just sit and look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Phil knows this when he starts the video. If he doesn't ask me anything, I, I, I don't say anything. I don't know what to say. I'm a bit sort of shy. I'm not really... I'm not sure, really. Because I tell you what it is, Martin. Because I don't know, my dear. Because... What it is, through a lifetime of mistakes and getting it wrong, I've come to trust less in myself. Me, why should anybody come to see me? And more, I've come to trust more in this presence. And insofar as, God help me, this presence. Is available partly because I've learned to stop talking as much, as, to be quiet. That's that's what people come for. They don't come for John Butler. They come for that presence. What do I do when I meditate, dear? I just sit there in total surrender. There's absolutely nothing whatsoever from me. Look, I just do that. I let go any last remnants that I'm aware of of myself and just sort of melt into this absolute presence now then I venture to say that that's what people find attractive now then how do we clear the, the the mind the head well you can't Can you clear the clouds from the sky? On a cloudy day, who can clear the sky? And yet if you go get in an aeroplane on a cloudy day, what happens? You go beyond them. And look, I'll give you a simple little demonstration, which you may have seen before, but it's very effective. Why should anybody want to clear the mind? There's nothing wrong with it, you see. We, We get awfully screwed up with condemnation of the poor mind. Um... Look here's the result of my 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 last six months notebook (laughs) full of thoughts. Look here we are buried in the mind. Hmm? Recognize it? Thinking, (laughs) writing notes. What am I going to say tomorrow? What will I say at the meeting this morning? (laughs) Now then, in meditation we simply do this. <laughs> it really is so simple well it's simple as pie to tell you how mad I've been practicing this all my life <laughs> but even a little even if you can just recognize what I'm showing you and smile in return you recognize it don't you look can you stop your tummy gurgling <laughs> or your digestion <laughs> or your blood flowing around? Why should you? It works perfectly well. Why, why, why do you want to stop your mind? What's wrong with your mind? Why do you want to get rid of the clouds? All you've got to do is just this. Now, this is what meditation does. So all this violence. People go to absolute... <laughs> torment themselves over their poor minds in a way trying to get rid of depression because you see you're struggling in here aren't we well in depression we don't know any better this is the and this really is the human condition we just simply don't know any better so we spend our life trying to sort out the problems of this world don't we (laughs) you know whether it's politics or, or you know the environment or something like this we're trying to sort out this all the time Oh, and getting cross with each other and upset, and all sorts of things. Spend a lifetime like this. It's called raising consciousness. And you mentioned prayer, Demetrius. This is prayer. And then, what happens? You come under higher authority. In other words, what we may call God into thy hands, O Lord. And you just let go. Relax in the sunshine. Ah, that's better, isn't it? When you say, relax the mind, you see you're working, you're trying to work with the mind. I'm trying to make more sense of my notes, you see. How, how, how do I relax my mind? No, you see, it's much easier than that. <coughs> Maybe this afternoon, it's a nice afternoon, we'll go for a walk this afternoon. I'll take you up the hill. When we came out of the church this morning, it was misty, you couldn't see very well, but, 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 but very often we come out of the church and there's Bakewell down there with everybody with their problems. And we're just because we're a few hundred feet up the hill, you're above it, aren't you? You can look down, you can smile at all these poor people still in bed in their dreams and you know, <laughs> dreading the coming day. And when you go up the hill, you get a bit further above. And you don't relax the mind. It's simply a matter of, because you've been for a walk, you've forgotten about it. He just left it behind. But do you, okay, when you're meditating, do you kind of think about things like that? Like uh, being up in the mountain or... Mm -hmm. or Well, you're coming on to the technique of meditation, which I could talk about uh, if you like, but uh, meditation is a very simple way of really, you're not working so much with the mind. You're... Look, I tell you what, you, you're asking me a question, aren't you? And you're, you're looking at me direct. And um, we're, you're interested in what I'm saying. And we're listening to each other. And in this moment, you've forgotten you're depressed, haven't you? I like that, that. phrase too. Forgetfulness is a mercy of God. Yeah. No, dear. Oh, no, 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 no. 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 <laughs> That's another key principle of meditation. You don't look for results. But look. Uh, when, you go up the, when you go up a hill, I'm sure you lots of lovely places where you can walk in County Cork. That's where you're from, isn't it? I bet there are. And you just uh, you go out there and you just feel better, don't you? Mm. You look at the sea and climb a rock or two. It's, just, it's natural. We are unnatural creatures. That's our problem. So really anything that takes us a step closer to nature is helpful. That's why <coughs> I know some poor people who, who don't have much access to nature but even they find a, a pigeon or a tree in the park or something which, which is usually comforting. Something in a window box. Yes, funnily enough, I remember when I was a young man learning to meditate. I felt I wanted to work. I wanted something to work at. Um, you know, <laughs> that's when you're full of energy. You know, you want to, you want to have a sledgehammer to <laughs> to deal with the world. But yes, that coming to rest was certainly. Um, One of the principal ways of describing meditation. Go. Yes, and that is, of course, it, it, it relaxes the mind. You're not so much doing it, it just happens as a byproduct, doesn't it? A byproduct of turning your mind to giving it a focus, an alternative focus, which is really what meditation does. And because you're focusing on something other than depression or the problem. Then the problem just gets forgotten until you come back and pick it up again. Realisation is a good word. To realise, because this brings it into reality, doesn't it? This spiritual presence, which holds the whole world, holds all of us in this room, let's start with the room, in a faultless, Perfection. Where does that word come from? How could I say such a word? It isn't it true? You're all, none of you are saying it isn't. It's extraordinary. It is just simple experience, isn't it? It is. Until we start questioning it. Well, all right, I'm an old man. I've had a lifetime's practice. Practice, practice, practice makes perfect. This is another salutary lesson to realise, that we are saved by grace. There's very much that we can do to aid the practice. I remember I used to have little notes all, all around my house, you know, reminding me to... try to be present, listen and look, feet on the ground, bottom on the chair, listen, be still, do your daily practice, meditate twice a day without fail, pause before meals, every time you clean your teeth or go to the toilet, use 101 little daily habits to trigger your memory, work at it until these things are part of your mental apparatus so they'll come automatically to you. Um, And and, uh, it's it's hard work to begin with, but once you get these practices established, you start off by remembering once a day, maybe if you're lucky, maybe next month you remember twice a day. Eventually maybe you might remember quite often and all this then you constantly be sucked back out of it again and lost And 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 when you practice memory will come more often because really all that the, the practice is is to open yourself and make yourself available and read 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 uh, good read the scriptures read a uh, good conscious work Anything that, that 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 helps turn your mind in this direction, but above all, in my experience, the practice of meditation. Don't don't neglect it. That's what's been the greatest help to me. Over the years. Don't talk too much. You know, all, all these there's a, we can smile at them, but but they're all. They're all uh, fundamental practices. You have good heart. Well, there again, I suppose Phil, it's it's, it's practice and we do start from different places. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people are more um, results orientated. They've got perhaps a more linear approach to life. I don't think that was ever particularly my aim. I'm not sure really. We're all different. That's why meditation is traditionally guided, uh, you know, one-to-one. But... um, Yes, beware of looking for results. There's always more, Marion. Yeah, uh, I'm a, big, I'm a I, I must be careful. I don't want to get sucked into offering recipes. Because we are different. Yeah. Um, you know, there's said to be three ways, the way of of knowledge the way of action, and the way of devotion. Mm. And we, although we've all got a sprinkling of all three, we tend to be one one more than another. Um, There's no virtue in being one or the other, but uh, it may just help to realise which one which predominates in you. I think I was always, as a young man, I was once described as a total lover, I always thought that was my main motivation, I was never very interested in, in results or, I remember when I first heard the word self-realisation I thought that's the last thing I'm interested in. I didn't like it at all, I just wanted to love and be loved and I found that in meditation well of course it starts with women doesn't it but it <laughs> <laughs> but, continue, continues that way but, but uh, through, through much failure in that field <laughs> I began to find the completion I really longed for in spirit mm-hmm. um, so follow my dear follow your heart follow what you love yes that's a good that's a good uh, uh, instruction. Follow your heart, you see. And if your heart is, is in the knowledge and uh, whatever in whatever field of endeavor your heart lies, trust it and follow it. You see, it is heart, isn't yeah, it? It? It's hard, it's, it? It's what we call the heart. I know it's confusing what we mean by the heart, but it isn't really an intellectual knowledge, no. is it? It's a sort of an open receptivity somewhere that you can't quite define yeah. into which what we're talking about makes sense, doesn't it? it, it uh, it's recognised. It isn't really sense, is it? Because it's not, you sort of, seeing with inner sight, aren't you? You're feeling with instinct or intuition or something. And yet, when it's operative, it's obvious, isn't it? Open-hearted. I love that old hymn. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There's room in my heart for Thee. That somehow supersedes all this thinking, doesn't it? It's a wonderful way to meditate. Just Come to my heart. My God, how wonderful Thou art.